people have a lot of complaints about, you know, the state of the Afro-Caribbean um, diaspora, especially here. And we have bad attitudes and this and that and stuff. But I honestly believe if we knew our history better, we'd have a different perspective of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And therefore, certain things would not be happening the way that they are. I'm Chantal Miller, proud Nivision and Jamaican and founder of Island Girls Rock. On this podcast, we champion women of the Caribbean and its diaspora, encouraging them to share their stories in a space created to celebrate them. It's equal parts fun, informative, thought-provoking, and always engaging. Welcome to our tribe. On this episode of the Island Girls Rock podcast, we speak to Fiona Compton. Fiona is a London-based photographer, artist, filmmaker, and historian whose work explores the various disparities in representation of the Afro-Caribbean diaspora within art and mainstream media. In 2017, she launched her multidisciplinary project, The Revolution of the Fairy Tale, which celebrates lesser-known heroes from Black history under the nostalgic platform of well-known fairy tales. Plus, she's my friend, Fiona Compton. Hello, Fiona Compton. <laughs> Hello, Chantal. Thank you for having me. Hey, girl. How you doing? Welcome. I'm good. Cold, but good. You're cold, but yeah, good. I know, I know. It's not It's not our time right now. No, it's not. It's not. Time well, welcome, finally, to the Island Girls Rock podcast. I'm honored to be here. I am so happy to have you here. I'm going to try and not be your friend. <laughs> okay. I'm going to try and not know everything about you so that we can really have a conversation that introduces you formally to our Island Girls Rock audience and everyone else out there who we hope are listening. Um, but first, let's start with this. What island are you repping today? I am fully and 100% St. Lucian. Born and bred, uh, born and raised, mm -hmm. um, and left St. Lucian when, um, after secondary school. But okay. um, pretty much all my family is back home. I don't have any family here. Right. So home is definitely where my heart all is. Right. So, yeah. You are first St. Lucian. And this is our second season. Well, I should be, I should I be vexed with you. For Don't them. be vexed. <laughs> Don't be vexed. Well, so Fiona, formerly mm -hmm. you're known as a photographer, an artist, a filmmaker, and a historian, amongst many other things. And what I want to do today is to kind of dive into, you know, what stories you're telling through all those different formats. Because I know that you're a wonderful storyteller, but I'd love to know more about how you do that through each one of, I guess, your mediums, right? Okay. So let's start with photography because I feel like that's the foundation of, you know, where you sprung from, where Fiona Compton, the artivist, activist, mm. and all these other things kind of came from. So tell me about that. Okay, I think um, my journey kind of started in San in secondary school. I wanted to be an artist mm -hmm. and had a very romantic idea of moving to, you know, big country and, being this artist and living in this big loft and painting on big canvases <laughs> and all this kind of thing like that. Yeah. And then you come to this big country and as I think with anyone who has who has migrated to these um these places, you kind of get a, a big sap of reality. <laughs> get a big reality check. Pretty right. much a moment you land that is not as glamorous as you thought it would right. be. And I had to reevaluate myself and think, okay, yes, I still want to be a creative, but how can I be a creative but still be able to thrive in a place where there are thousands, 
of artists who mm-hmm. are better than me, who have more experience, mm-hmm. you know, may have had a formal education that I don't have is mm-hmm. in the arts and stuff. Right. So I, I reevaluated myself and then I decided to become a photographer. So I went and that's what I studied mm-hmm. after doing my foundation at Central St. Martins. Mm-hmm. And I went to um, London College of Printing, which is now London College of Communication. Right. And um, it was an interesting experience because it's very frustrating because there's very little representation of um, Caribbean people within my curriculum. And when I started to dig in terms of black photographers, mm-hmm. they were um, either African or Jamaican. And as much as, yes, that is a part of my story, is I could not relate fully to all of of because that was their narrative. Right. And mine is very different. Mm-hmm. You know, the same way a Bajan would consider themselves very different from a Trini. Right. Or, you know, a Vince yeah, would find himself very different story. from a Grenadian yeah. because their stories are very, very distinct. Even mm-hmm. though we sh- share a lot of uh, uh, commonality, we still have our own stories. And I think also it's, you know, that I consider, you know, the the Jamaican Jamaican culture has taken over the UK and has always been like the benchmark ref, point of reference Indeed. for anything West Indian. And I don't think that's a full uh, or comprehensive mm-hmm. and what's the word genuine and f- fully encompassing um, story of of the, it isn't. Of it's the Caribbean. Just one island. It is. It is, it is one, one island. island. Yeah. It is one island. So I started to get frustrated mm-hmm. um, with that, and obviously they kept showing me all these great photographers who, you know, not just. I had to dig to get um, to find a black photographer. That was on my own accord. Right. My curriculum they didn't cover that at all. Uh-huh. That's there was there was nothing of that. So and when was this? What year was this? Um, I went. I was um at LCP two thousand and two to two thousand and five. So it was just before okay. the, the the birth of um digital. So I was still okay. doing all the classical training in photography and large format and darkroom and printing film. stuff. Yeah, actual film. There was no digital <laughs> at all. No, there's all darkroom <laughs> stuff and all of okay. that. So. So I started to get more and more frustrated. I'm like, okay, yes, this is great. This is great. This is great. But what about, you know, my people's stories? Mm-hmm. And I, I went through, I did my degree. And for my final project, I did um, start to tell my own stories and also kind of changing people's perceptions of what they think the Caribbean is. Okay. And I told the story of how much St. Lucian's love country and Western music and that's something. It's not just St. Lucian's. Oh, the bishops so oh, love it on a Sunday. Word. Oh my word! Oh, I, I won't even get into that right okay. now. Okay, <laughs> right. So, going into the history as to why, mm-hmm. why would you think people in the Caribbean kind of associate or, or have this deep love? It's a deep, oh, deep love for music deep. that is associated with, you know, for looking for a better word for like kind of. People say the hillbilly yeah. music and hicks yeah. and all this kind of thing within the southern US. Why is it that we have this this love? We don't associate country music with black people at all, and especially black people in the Caribbean and small islands. How, How did it get there, right? Right. So hmm. I mean these perceptions that Caribbean people all we do is listen to reggae music and Calypso and stuff like that and just trying to change our perception that we have so many dynamics to our culture. It's not what you think. So that was kind of the beginning of that. So when I left I left, I left uni annoyed. Why? Why were you annoyed? I felt annoyed because I just felt like <laughs> there was no representation. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no correct representation. There's always a struggle. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like any representation of blackness or even West Indian culture was very insular. So right. it, I said, nah, I'm going to be doing my thing my way. Okay. So All right. So that's, that's how I started. With your photography. Yeah. Okay. So 
how do you feel that you're contributing to the representation of Caribbean culture and history? How do you feel you're doing that through your photography? Well, it started when I just said, okay, let me just start making, like, it was like an answer back kind of thing. So I decided to, to recreate Caribbean versions of very classic mm-hmm. and some of the most famous artworks recognizable to yes. anyone around the world. And what year was that, Fiona? Because I know you've been doing that for a while, but when did yeah, you start? I started, I officially started that doing the recreations um, in 2010. Wow. So yeah. this is before it became, because it seems that it's not, I don't want to use the word trend, but it's, mm. it's definitely a go-to now where people want to tell our stories. And when I say our, I mean mostly people of color, black mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. using classical art. And it's almost a subversion of that. But yeah. you've been doing that since 2010. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, that was, um, so that that's, that's how I started. So I started by doing things like doing... I did uh, a Mona Lisa, um, but she it was I used a model from Trinidad, so mm-hmm. she is she's black and um, Indian, so as they call her Dogla. Dogla, um, right? And so like the the background I I used like um a, a, it was like a Caribbean scene, but it looked like it was just like a, just a replica of the Mona Lisa, but it had right. I always make sure that I put in different elements of the culture interwoven into the image if it is the choice of fabric or if it is the mm. airing or if it that she's or the chair she sits on is made of bamboo or certain okay. small details okay. I like to put in so I started with, with that and I did I did um, the girl of the pool airing so you know the so I used it was the girl of the seashell airing and uh-huh. within that image which is my most popular images image is that her hair is wrapped in madras cloth and if you look at the history of the madras cloth mm-hmm. and where it's come from it's basically it is um scottish print that was brought to india manufactured in india brought across to nigeria and used as a form to of bartering amongst the nigerians during the slave trade and it's brought across to the caribbean so it kind of shows the almost like the the triangle it of does. the slave yeah, trade the but transatlantic and slave trade exactly it does. Yeah. and um the fact that we still wear it today and it's also worn in nigeria mm. but it's part of our national costumes and things like that so there's a massive history intertwined into that so i make sure that i use the madras cloth in a lot of my recreations yeah. and so okay. on so I know that you've been doing, you know, the recreations for quite some time. And there's also you do the the duplicity series, which mm-hmm. is which is a favorite. And you, you you express yourself so beautifully through photography. So I'm interested to know when you transitioned into incorporating film into mm-hmm. your work and how did that happen and why? OK, I think film was always an extension of my work because for my final project, the mm-hmm. photography project, I I photographed people in their country and Western outfits in San Lucia, but I also did a short film as well. So film was always a thing yeah, I wanted where, to. When can we see this film? Because I thought it's not it's yeah. Vimeo. It's not the best, you, you know, know. That was back in the day. You know, <laughs> camera quality wasn't that good. You know, you know. Yes, it's, it's it's vintage. Yes, it's very student. <laughs> That's what it is. Okay, but um. So film was always always an extension. So with the duplicity, that's always kind of telling my stories because. So tell 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 our audience a little bit about duplicity. So so the duplicity is kind of it's like one image and it's many versions of myself in each image. So it's telling a story of like our life struggles and frustrations that we would have. So you'd find images where 
I'm sitting at a chair and I may be crying, but there's a version of myself giving myself tissues. There's another version of myself giving myself flowers. Then right. another version of myself doing my nails and another version of myself lying on my own lap, you know, kind of thing and trying to comfort myself. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a many um, struggles. And even um, one of my most popular is like myself looking in the mirror and I may be um, dressed in a very sexy outfit, but the image that I see of myself is it in like a old track suit and I'm crying, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's the internal struggles that all of us go through. Yeah. So it's just kind of telling that. And I think that was because I had spent a lot of time on my own working from home. Okay. So therefore I had a lot of internal battles with okay. myself and that was my means of expression. So that kind of extended into um, with film as mm-hmm. well. So that's how it was just kind of for me to be more creative with my storytelling. Okay. The Duplicity series really resonates with your, you have a huge following on social media and I've even noticed because I'm all up in your business, (laughs) (laughs) quite frankly, Um, that whenever you post a series from that, you know, it gets a lot of engagement. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? I think because everyone can relate to that. I think social media is such, can be such a toxic environment where, Everyone is out here pretending mm-hmm. like everything is cool. And we just, as we say, our highlight reel, you know. Yes. And I think that I, I just felt like I didn't want to be a pretender. Okay. So how am I going to tell my story if I've just been balling on, on, on Instagram or whatever? And s- telling a story that other people can relate to and for people to know that, hey, it's, hey I feel the same way too. Mm-hmm. I look in the mirror, I don't see myself as this beautiful, amazing person that you may think if I post a selfie or whatever and I'm, I'm and I'm getting all of these likes, but actually when I'm looking in a mirror, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling that, okay. you know, or sometimes I, I, I may feel frustrated or I may feel these things too. So I just want people to feel that, you know, they're not mm-hmm. on their own kind of thing. So okay. that's the intention behind okay. it. And I know the Duplicity series is photography and film as well, mm-hmm. but I really want to speak a bit more about your filmmaking. Um, because for many years you were like, I'm not a filmmaker. Yeah. I'm, I just, I'm make moving images. I'm not a film. You are a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So own it. And I know that, you know, there's one of your films that's going to be part of Channel Film 4's um, upcoming. They're having a film festival of some sort. Yes, so tell us, film. tell us about that, please. Um, so, yeah, I made a film with Kamaya Lizette. She's a Sanushan poet mm-hmm. and educator and spoken word artist. And she's just an all round badass. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she should should be your next Lucian on air. Absolutely. Next right? year, man. Yeah. Um, so we did she wrote a piece um basically about abusive relationships. Okay. Um so it was and especially emotionally abusive and also kind of leading on to um, physically abusive and also how uh, um, childhood abuse can affect your adulthood relationships. Mm-hmm. So we did a short film called Silence. So um, I submitted it and um, it was accepted. So it's where where was it shown before? Um, it's been shown all over. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been shown in L.A. It's been shown in New York, in Washington. You um, say these things so casually. Oh, you know, I had a film. <laughs> yeah. It was shown in L.A. <laughs> and what? No, it was no. shown in L.A. Okay. Hello. Yeah. Right. Brap. It was shown myself. in Washington. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. And where else? Um, it's, yeah, um, in San Lucia, in Trinidad. Uh-huh. Um, it's been sh- like 
you know, it's because you forget because you're not there. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, and in, in, in a few other states in um in America, like Arizona, hmm. um, it played in Iran, it played in Russia. Wasn't it at the BFI? It, yes, oh God, the BFS. <laughs> Thank you. Recently, it also, I'm just it was, yeah, it, and it screened at, at the BFI as well. So yes, that was that well, was. Well, congratulations, cool. Fiona. It's a, it's you. a short piece, right? Yes, it's five minutes. It's five minutes. Mm-hmm. I have seen it. I think mm-hmm. I've screened it at an Island Girls Rock yes, event have, before, yeah. and it's very touching and. It's in black and white, which mm-hmm. I absolutely adore. Um, is this a public event? The the film for no, it's a private. It's one. private. Yeah. So I would have been inviting my whole crew. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but okay. yeah, I'll All definitely right. document Excellent. it. So. Excellent. So we're going to talk about a project which I know is very near and dear to you, mm-hmm. um, which encompasses many of your art forms: um, photography, film, design, and art. And that is the revolution. Of the fairy tale, mm. so please tell us. Okay, some summarize. Okay, I'll do my that's best. a whole other show. I know. Please yeah. do. You know, tell us about okay. the revolution of the so fairy tale. When I was, I was doing my recreation, so I did like the Black Mona Lisa and the good, the poor earring and Marilyn and um, a whole range of them, and I was thinking, okay, that's great. And because I'd been doing them for a few years, I started to think that I had to push the concept hard and push myself hard in what I was doing and not just I felt like it was I was being lazy. So I had done um a black red riding hood and then people were like, Oh, you need to do fairy tales, fairy tales. I'm like, yeah, but I don't just want to do like a black Cinderella and put like a black girl in a dress. And you know, that's lazy to me mm-hmm. considering that I've been doing it for a while. How am I progressing? And one of my Passions is history. Yes. Like Caribbean history to me is like riveting. Which, which we're going we're gonna to yeah. talk about that. <laughs> it's, it's riveting. We're definitely going to talk about that. I just think it. our stories are so cool. So I was thinking, you know, like, how can I get people? I cannot expect everyone to be as enthusiastic about history as I am. So how can I get people to care well, at about... at least not the way that history is, is taught yes, in schools it's, and how it's exactly, presented. Yeah. Exactly. That's not the way for everyone to learn. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, how can I get people to be engaged in these stories um, so I thought of using the fairy tales as a platform mm-hmm. to to tell some of these stories that I thought were really worth telling. So, for example, um, one of my f- favorites is The Wizard of Oz, because I read a passage and it was about how the Haitian Revolution started. And I think as a whole, I think we've really not given Haiti as much love as we should. And respect. Because, yeah, and respect, because mm-hmm. I think most people don't know about the Haitian Revolution and how important it was. And the fact they were the first free black republic, the first mm-hmm. successful slave um, rebellion. And, you know, they were the first free black nation and they decided to do their thing. So I thought, and what they started was the their knock-on effect for slavery to come to an end. It's yes. all started with Haiti. Yes. So happened? how did you relate the Haitian Revolution to the Wizard of Oz? Right. So when I read a passage, it was about the beginning of the Haitian Revolution. And it was with um, this, what you could call him, an Obia man, yes. a voodoo priest, whatever. And his name is um, Bookman. And people used to come to Bookman um, all the time to get his advice and his counsel and stuff like that. And then Bookman prophesied 
that Haiti would become free. And he had this big massive ceremony underneath this big tree. And I started to think like, oh, this man, everyone is coming to this man, flocking to this man, mm-hmm. you know, and underneath this big thing, uh, big emerald tree. And I was like, oh, that's almost like the Emerald City. And all, all these people hey. flocking to see the wizard. They're off right. to see the right. wizard. So within that, I found the more I started to read, I was able to link many key figures from the Haitian Revolution. So, you know, Bookman's um, had a voodoo priestess on his side called Cecile. She became Dorothy in that way. And the fact that Toussaint did so much and was so brave and all these kind of things, he was the lion. And they had um, General Capois was um, this general who was fighting the French and Pop, 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 the bullets flying thing. He shot down his horse and he kept charging, kept charging and wouldn't stop to the point that the French had to stop. They did a ceasefire in respect to his bravery. To his courage, yeah. To his courage. And, you know, they said in respect to you and what you're doing, we're going to stop, we're going to ceasefire for today. And they gave him a new horse. And I felt like, yeah, this man is running like he's, you know, he's made of armor. So he became the Tin Man. Tin Man. So it was, it was, Mm. so that's how I'm kind of telling these important stories. Because when I decided to read about them, I used to get so excited. So I wanted people to feel excited too. I love that. So you managed to pull this project together and you use creators from around the Caribbean, which Mm. I absolutely adored. Um, What I love about a lot of your work is that you, you showcase our talent the way that we know it, you know, because it seems to be like this, this small circle of people that understand that we are contemporary artists as well. Mm -hmm. And that we have people in the Caribbean producing absolutely stellar and beautiful work. That's right. And so you were very determined to use our creatives from home. So when you recreated um, The Wizard of Oz, you went to Trinidad and you used some of the guys from Freetown Collective. Mm -hmm. Y'all, please Google. Just Google Freetown Collective (laughs) because, again, that's a whole other show. (laughs) You know, and the designers that you use for the beautiful costumes. Mm. I mean, just uber talent. It was crazy. And you made a documentary about the entire experience. And then when you went to St. Lucia, was that for Alice in Wonderland? Alice in Wonderland, yeah, I did. You did Alice. And what? what? And Rasponzel. And Rasponzel, Mm. you know. So you guys, please check out Fiona's website. We just simply don't have enough time Mm. to go through. But this project is... It's not just beautiful to look at, but you are, it's a learning experience. It's almost an experiential traveling exhibition. And I do know that Fiona and a team of Caribbean creatives are taking this into schools across the Caribbean, mm-hmm. starting next spring, summer in Barbados, I believe. Yes, that's and then traveling on from there and hopefully bringing the workshops to the UK as well. Yes. Because I know that you feel that there, there is a, a gap in in learning and understanding and engaging with Afro-Caribbean, Caribbean history, especially where our history is seems to be represented only from slavery and onwards. Yes. Which is why your Instagram page, Know Your Caribbean, mm. to me is important. It's a very important hub. And from that Instagram presence, you've managed to finally have people know how amazing you are in engaging people with our history. And I know that you've done several talks. (laughs) You know, you've done an amazing, you did an amazing workshop with a hundred young black men um, quite recently. Mm. So let's talk about how the revolution of the fairy tale has now opened the world to Fiona Compton, the historian. Well, (laughs) I think 
one of the things is you could say, as we say, I'm ignorant. You know, that, that term. <laughs> I don't that, know about that. That we say that. <laughs> You're hard-headed. When, yeah, you, that kind of, you hard-headed. Like right. you, you're doing things a certain way. And I guess I get that from my father. But mm. it's like, I said, when I'm doing this project, I want every single person that I work with for the revolution of fairy tale mm-hmm. to be from the Caribbean. So the designers, the makeup artists, mm-hmm. the models, the music, videographers, the second photographers. Everybody. Um, everything, everybody, <laughs> down to my printer. Yes, me know. It's West Indian, <laughs> right? To prove a point yes. that we can that we produce can. amazing stuff. Yes. Amazing, amazing stuff. And we have to have a much more belief in our own mm-hmm. and not always think that we have to always go outside in mm-hmm. order to deliver a certain quality or caliber right. of, a, of a project or whatever. So that's one of the things. But within that, as it started to continue, and so as I started to continue doing more research and finding all of these stories, and like everyone knows, oh yeah, Black History, Slavery, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, Malcolm X, they're tired. And Marcus Garvey. Yes, Marcus who I love Garvey. and respect. Right, all of these people. And we, all, we love and respect or, all of them, but however. I think it's an injustice <laughs> yes. to keep regurgitating their stories every year because it devalues all the work that they've done. And if we understood that there were thousands of other people who did amazing stuff, we start to appreciate all of it mm-hmm. instead of rolling our eyes every October in in, in the UK. Very true. Okay, so I have started to find stories about you know that there were so many slave rebellions, so many. So they they this slavery was like oh yeah four hundred years are just beaten uh, Africans yeah and then we let them go no 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 no, 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 no. no. no it's much more complex than that mm-hmm. it's you know they they had a really really hard time and we really did fight it's not it's not the narrative that has been presented to us for all this time and I think it's important if we knew our history because people have a lot of complaints about you know the state of the Afro Caribbean um, diaspora especially here and they have bad attitudes and this and that and stuff. But I honestly believe if we knew our history better, we'd have a different perspective of ourselves Mm -hmm. and therefore certain things would not be happening the way that they are. So that's why I think it's so important. And when I find these amazing stories, I just Mm -hmm. have to let it out and do it in a way that engages people. So know your Caribbean, your Instagram page. That's it. This was because of just this, you know, you're Mm -hmm. finding out. I mean, you've always been a historian though, Fiona. But mm-hmm. I guess not a public historian. Yes, that's so that's that's what's made it different. And I think, you know, when I see the reactions and the engagement on that page, I just it brings such a huge smile to my face. People say come to have said really beautiful things. Absolutely. Um, you know, I had a meeting um yesterday um mm-hmm. with a filmmaker and he said, Fiona, you don't understand how much this page has created such a dialogue amongst people and is changing people's perspective about everything. Good. And especially among uh, creatives who want to, who are frustrated that our stories are not being told. Yeah. You know, and you don't understand the importance of what you're doing. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I'm really taken aback by that because, you know, and I get so many messages of people saying, thank you. This is so, they never knew, they never knew, mm-hmm. they never knew. And I never knew before mm-hmm. me posting it. You know, it's not like I have this, uh, Decades of, of historical research. <laughs> right. As soon as I learn something, bam, sharing it? I'm sh- I share it because I want people to feel the same thing I do when I've, I've read it. Okay. So let's talk about Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Black History Month and a few of the talks that you did regarding history and your love for history and how our history is represented. I want to talk about 
your the last I think it was the last talk that you did with the hundred I think it was a hundred young was, black students. How many? It was it was um, I think close to two hundred. It was close to two hundred. Yeah, it was actually a girls' school. And what you decided to do with that? It was a girls' school. <laughs> yeah, it yay. was a girls' school. Okay. Yeah. I'm not biased, but yeah. I was like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I just basically I started from pre-slavery, so I went side from the Moors. And to show, to speak about how basically the Moors came up from Africa mm-hmm. up into Europe and educated Europe. That 19, I think 99% of Europe was illiterate. Okay. Even kings and queens were illiterate. And then, you know, the Moors came across and educated and, you know, just that we had navigators, that we right. had historians, mathematicians, and all these things that were brought across from Africa to Europe mm-hmm. and how we brought education and sanitation, mm-hmm. teaching people how to bathe. <laughs> and Imagine, so, now, now I, I, okay. teaching people how to bathe. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's very interesting, yes. but we, we won't stay there, okay. but I just find that very yes. interesting. Notes, okay. But what was the name? Because I really, I remember you were thinking about what to call this oh, talk. Oh, so yes. Let's I Let's touch on that. And then I feel like, unfortunately, we may have to wrap up. Yeah, I call it Negritude because um, Negritude is a movement that started in the 1930s by Francophone intellectuals in Paris. Mm -hmm. And basically it was like a pan-Africanist movement and stuff. So before the whole stay woke and all this kind of thing like that, there was Negritude. So I call it that because the basis of my entire presentation is just to break the stereotype of people thinking that it was just black people just beaten and whipped and, you know, just oppressed when actually there's so much more to that, you know. And it's not just also... Um. Oh, you meant so negative. Was how I say that? I seriously say the what it said yes. was this. It's mm-hmm. the, the the main title of it was we are not all descendants from kings and queens, and that's okay. Say that again, please. We are not all descendants of kings and queens, and that's, and that's okay. okay. And the reason why is because I feel like anything that has to do with black empowerment now is a, you're a king, you're a queen, Queen of Sheba, Nefertiti, uh, uh, Selassie. And I feel like it's, it's of, of course, these people did exist. Of course, these people did amazing things. Of course, there are beautiful kingdoms across the continent. But that is not our entire story. And for us to put aside everything else, all the regular men and women who did amazing stuff. We need to talk about them too. We shouldn't just glorify, you know, royalty. Mm -hmm. What about everyone else? Because how can a young 14-year-old boy from um, Hackney relate to some uh, Egyptian or Ethiopian or Sudanese king? Not really, mm-hmm. but maybe if you heard about this young man who came from nothing and did this and did amazing things and stood up to these people and all these kind of things that so many people have done, maybe that can kind of inspire you a okay. little bit more. Because I just think it's unfair for us to just okay. kind of romanticize and our exalt history. royalty only. Only. Yeah. So what about the rest of us? Are we not worth, you know, being um, valued right. or spoken about? So that's that was the, the basis of of my presentations in the schools. What I need you to do, Fiona, is to let people know where they can find your work, um, where they can get involved and what you do have coming up next. Because I know there's something coming up real soon. Yes, next month. Okay, so you can find me on Instagram um, where you can see my artwork at Fiona758. And what's the 758? Uh, that's the St. Lucia um, um telephone code. That's it called. It's a Fiona758. 758. 758. Right? And um, you can also 
on the if you want to um, learn some more history, it's um, uh, at Noya Caribbean mm-hmm. on Instagram. And I have a website, FunaCompton.com. Can we hire you as a photographer? Yes. Okay. Yes, because I, I do um, photography and mm-hmm. um, film events and portraiture and stuff, whatever, get creative. Mm-hmm. And um, next month, um, the Revolution of Fairy Tale will be screening at the Women of the Lens Festival. Uh, and so it's on the 15th of December. So if you look up womenofthelens.com, they have a website and an Instagram okay. and stuff. So that you can catch the film, see it all in full. So. All right. Fantastic. Well, Fiona, that was a whistle stop. Yes, it was. <laughs> Fiona yes, Compton. It was. <laughs> but it's so been much. lovely to have you. Thank you so much for having lovely. me. Lovely. And I'm so proud of you. I am going to be your you. friend now. And I'm proud of you too. <laughs> I'm proud of you too and all what you're doing. Thank so you. much. You right? are not going to make me cry on okay. my own show. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. So go away. No. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Fiona. Right? And guys, seriously, I mean, if you really want to know more about your history or even just Caribbean history, you don't have to you don't have to be Caribbean to love our history. And yes, I said Caribbean. Our history is very cool. <laughs> it's very, very cool. It's super okay. cool. And we've got loads of history prior to slavery, y'all. Yes. Okay. So hit her up. Know your Caribbean or know your Caribbean. That's an ongoing debate. Not we won't go into that. Okay. Thanks so much, Fiona. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for tuning in to the Island Girls Rock Podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe, give us a rating, a comment, and tell all your friends about us. Catch every episode of the Island Girls Rock Podcast by subscribing on Acast, Apple, and all good podcast apps. You can connect with us on Twitter and Instagram using IGR underscore love or with hashtag Island Girls Rock Pod. You can also visit islandgirlsrock.com to find out more about what we do. This podcast was produced by Unedited. See you again next month. <laughs>